Let us pray. Guide us in faith, O Lord, to look to your word, where you declare to us your will for our faith and life, and where you give us that eternal life which your Son has purchased by his life, death, and resurrection in the flesh. Lead us to hear with humility, hope, and joy. In your Son's name, amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning with the second verse. Please rise in Jesus' name. While John was in prison, he heard about the things Christ was doing. He sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the coming one, or should we wait for someone else? Jesus answered them, Go, report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. Blessed is the one who does not take offense at me. As these two were leaving, Jesus began to talk to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it was written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. What do you hear? What do you see? Every piece of the divine service and our liturgy and our sanctuary is constructed of sights and sounds that are meant to give evidence in answer to the question that John the Baptist asked Jesus by proxy, are you the coming one or should we wait for someone else? And in this children's program too, what have you heard? What have you seen? Children have shared with you today the Christmas message, the birth of Christ Jesus, which we will celebrate in just a little over a week. You've heard them sing of his birth and share the message in which they and we have faith that Jesus came, his advent was accomplished when he took on our flesh in order to live in our place, to die in our place and to rise from the dead so that our flesh also will rise. What did you come here to see? Children, from whose mouth you have heard the message of the gospel, the message of your salvation, you came to hear messengers of Jesus. And therefore we hear and see fulfilled promises. Let's think about that concept of messengers of Jesus for a moment. If someone is telling you about Jesus, what are they saying? There are a lot of opinions about that floating around. Jesus was one among many great teachers, including Buddha and Confucius and Socrates. Jesus shows us the way to lead a truly moral life. Or Jesus gave the clearest picture of God's love for us. Well, all these descriptions fall a little short. St. John the Baptist is seeking something more than that 
when he asks, are you the coming one? Nothing about Jesus makes sense if you don't know the history, beginning with the reality of sin. The idea is out there and it's prevalent in our culture that humanity is basically good. If left alone, without any interference, we'll figure things out. We'll take care of the planet, we'll take care of each other, everything will eventually turn out okay as long as we allow the good within us to prevail. Now that denies a basic teaching that God has declared. There is no one who does good. There is not even one. And the truth of that goes all the way back to the beginning. How quickly, after creation was finished, the first man and woman rejected God's will and listened instead to the voice of the serpent, seeking to exalt themselves into godhood. As a result, they were cursed, and they were removed from paradise. And ever since, that is the lot of all human beings. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. And there's another part of the history that you also must know in order for Jesus to make any sense. And that's the promise of salvation. When Adam and Eve were cast out on account of their sin, it also coincided with a promise. God said to the serpent who had taken them captive now in their sin, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head and you will crush his heel. That promise, that first promise of a Savior was born through the generations of Eve's descendants and the seed remained all the way down the line to, onto Abraham, through whom it was promised that the blessing of all nations would come, to David, the righteous king, by whom it was told that the kingdom of his son would never end, until finally it reached fulfillment in Jesus, who crushed that serpent's head and brought that blessing to the whole world, even as he wore the crown of thorns on the cross of his shame. The life of Jesus, even before that event, pointed out the fulfillment of all these promises. In one verse in our text, Jesus refers to four different portions of the book of Isaiah. He said, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the gospel is preached to the poor. See, Jesus wasn't just some miracle worker. He was the fulfillment of promise. And that's proved because Isaiah had said, On that day the deaf will hear the words from a book, and out of gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind will see. And the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be unplugged. And through Isaiah God had made declaration of the to the coming one, I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people, to be a light for the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to bring the prisoners out from the dungeon, and to bring those who sit in darkness out of prison. And Isaiah had even prophesied, but your dead ones will live. Their dead bodies will rise. Wake up and sing for joy, you who dwell in the dust, because your dew will glisten like morning light, and the earth will give up the spirits of the dead. So in that verse, the assurance that Jesus was giving to John and to his followers was that, yes, he was the coming one 
who had now come to accomplish his purpose, and already it had begun. All the evils that beset us human beings, which we rightly deserve because of our own inward evil, which we call sin, it's all reversed in Jesus. He undoes sickness, infirmity, pain, death, and above all, he undoes the wall of separation between us and God that was put in place on account of our sin. In Jesus, we have joy and bliss and unity with God once again. With the history of sin and salvation in mind, it all falls into place, orbiting around Christ, that bright and shining center. And how do you get this? How is it all for you? Like John, we are trapped in our own dark prison, and the light of Christ is invisible to us. We need messengers. So we go to hear the messengers who highlight the message. As we remember the purpose of Jesus' coming, we remember also the purpose for our going and hearing. Jesus addressed the crowds to this purpose. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? No, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. So what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and he is much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. See, the people didn't go out to pass the time and to avoid boredom. They didn't go out to see some marvelous spectacle or to get a celebrity's autograph. And those aren't the reasons we come to church, either. It's not a pastime. It's not about the powerful personality of a preacher. It's about the Word. It's about Jesus that that Word gives to us. Jesus tells the people what they went out to see, a prophet, and much more than a prophet. The force of that word prophet in Greek means a mouthpiece, an instrument for the voice of God. The only function that a prophet performs is to speak the word that God gives to him. In that sense, that's exactly what a pastor is, and that's exactly what these children have been for you today. Their purpose was solely to deliver to you the word of God so that it would be for your salvation. You see, as the angel declared him, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. And he is meant to be for you. All that he did, his perfect life of obedience to the law of God, which you and I can never even come close to doing, his innocent suffering and death, which is what you and I deserve for our failure to keep God's law, and his glorious resurrection from the dead, proving that our punishment was completely removed, all of that is for you. That's what a messenger of the gospel is, a prophet, if you will. That's what such a one will declare, as these children have done for you today. But John was also much more than a prophet. His coming also was prophesied in many places in the Old Testament, as by the prophet Malachi, Look, I am sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. 
Then suddenly the Lord whom you are seeking will come to his temple. It's the season of Advent now, the season of Christ's coming. And in a sense, that means that this is the season of John the Baptist because he is the one who prepared all the people for the coming one. He prepared the way through the message of repentance. And this included the preaching of the law as John famously rebuked the self-righteous in many instances, refusing to allow anyone to see themselves as worthy of salvation. But this also included the preaching of the gospel. As John declared centrally, the kingdom of heaven is near. This kingdom is the kingdom of God's grace. The kingdom from which we were banished because of our sin. And it's returning to us in the person of Christ. He brought forgiveness, life, and salvation for us so that when we feel the weight of our sins, we may know that the Savior removes that from us. Christ Jesus came once on that first Christmas, as these children have told you again today. He will come again with the same joyous kingdom to bring the people He has redeemed to eternal life with Him, body and soul. Your bodies will come out of the narrow chambers in the ground where they sleep, made perfect and whole like His body, and your spirit will again be joined to them for eternal life. And if you have not fallen asleep before the last day, then your body will be changed and made perfect as well. And even now, Christ still comes to you. Right here in this house, what do you hear? What do you see? Every piece of the divine service is constructed of these sights and sounds meant to give you your Savior, the one who came, who is to come, and is with you even now in his word and sacraments, sanctifying you and healing you throughout your life until he comes again. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.